Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Well, hello again. Steve Wilson here, working through the book of Matthew still. We're up to, uh, we're in chapter 12, about uh, partially uh, gone through it, up through verse uh, 14, I think, was our last one. Um, and that actually is more the beginning of this next session than it is the, the ending of the prior one. Because um, it sets the stage for what happens. Verse 14 says, Then the Pharisees went out and held counsel against him, how they might destroy him. Of course, the Pharisees didn't like what they were seeing. Every time they um, tried to confront him, he always outsmarted them and always showed them up. And so they now have come to the point that, you know, they, they see they're not going to be able to defeat him, so they need, they need to get rid of him. And, and so they're trying to plot his demise. They, they gotta, they, they're just going to have to kill him or get, have him killed somehow um, and come out looking good in the process. So that's what they're doing. They go off to try and um, put together a plan to get rid of Jesus Christ. Uh, then in verse 15, it says, But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him and healed them all. Now, it says, you know, when he found out what the Pharisees were doing, he withdrew himself from thence. Now, he didn't obviously withdraw himself from everybody. He just decided, you know, I've had it with the Pharisees. Uh, I'm not going to tolerate what they do anymore, and, and you know they're they're doing their thing. I'm just going to do my thing. Of course, Jesus knew, you know, what the end result was going to be anyway. He knew the Pharisees had to put together a plan to get rid of them in order for God's will to be done. Perfect example of uh, how God uses those who oppose Christ and the things of God uh, to still bring about His own will. So that's what's happening here. Jesus is, all right, well, you know, it's time for you guys to go do your thing, and, uh, you know, we'll meet up later. So he withdrew himself, and then obviously it says, and the great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. So uh, he's, he's having an impact. He's now started a ministry that continues to grow, and here we are a couple thousand years later, and we're still preaching Jesus. I mean, who else, you know, can you... Uh, really attribute that kind of impact to. I, I know there are other teachers, you know, Confucius, Muhammad, and so on, that their teachings are still around and they're still still followers, but not to the degree that um, <clears throat> people follow Jesus. Um, people are still planting churches. People are still spreading the gospel. Um, but then he says a curious thing here in verse 16. A lot of people have you know, offered their own 
personal opinions about this. Verse 16, he says, and charge them that they should not make him known. I mean, the guy's going around healing people, drawing together great multitudes. I mean, how, you know, that'd be like Billy Graham telling everybody, hey, look, you know, I want thousands of you to come and hear me preach, but don't go around and tell everybody about me. Don't, don't let people know who I am. Jesus is telling them the same thing. Now, of course, people have different ideas about why he did that, but, you know, I'm going to say, first and foremost, Jesus never tried to keep his ministry a secret. Now, all he ever really wanted to do was manipulate the circumstances or control the circumstances in order to accomplish what he had planned. Because there were times that we see in Scripture where he has to kind of withdraw himself from the multitudes. He has to get away from them in order to uh, to do what needs to be done. Now, unfortunately, Christians can be on, become their own uh, worst enemy at some point, at some times, especially Christians who misunderstand what Christ is all about, what he's trying to accomplish. I mean, look at what we have today. We have... Um, all the different denominations and doctrinal beliefs and things like that. And we, uh, we end up working against one another instead of for one another. That's unfortunate. I think there should be more cooperation. Obviously, I don't believe that we can compromise what we believe the Bible teaches. But we do still need to work together for the glory of Jesus Christ to try and preach the gospel. Um, and charge them that they should not make them known, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, and whom my soul is well pleased. I'll put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive, nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. Um, you know, that's... Jesus' purpose was not to was not confrontational. It wasn't his plan to confront people about the things and about what they did. He he just wanted to tell them why he was there and call people to repentance and um, establish the uh, infrastructure, the beginning, the the foundation for his local churches. He he had a goal in mind, and he didn't want anything in the world to interfere with that. Uh, it says, A bruised reed shall he not break, smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth his judgment unto victory. See, Jesus is, is going to take care of all the naysayers, all the prob problematic people. Um, and we need not worry so much about that. Sure, we need to speak out against things that hinder the cause of Christ. But more importantly, we just need to make sure that the cause of Christ is being proclaimed. Um, Jesus is not, you know, says he's not going to, uh, he's not going to break a bruised reed or the smoking flax, shall he not quench? You know, these are, these are necessities that, uh, Jesus says, uh, yeah, okay, I know there's practice, the, the, the reeds in the, along the riverside and, and in different parts of the, the country that, um, you know, they're there for a reason. They soak up the moisture and that sort of thing and, and prevent swampy situations and stuff like that. And so <coughs> it was a practice, <coughs> pardon me, 
for people to clear them out. But <clears throat> he says, that's not my purpose. That's not why I'm here. He says, I have a higher calling. I have a higher purpose. I have something else I need to focus on. <clears throat> and he's basically telling us, look, that's that's not our calling. Our calling is to preach Jesus, preach Christ and him crucified. And, and while these other issues that we face in you know today's society are, are important, he's not trying to diminish that, they're not more important than the cause of Christ. That's what we really need to stay focused on. And anything we do in any other arena needs to work its way back or be <clears throat> pointed towards the cause of Jesus Christ. Because ultimately, uh, Christ is going to judge them. You know, they, they, they have their sentence. You know, we know what's eventually going to happen. Uh, and we need, to, we need to put our faith in Christ to handle that and not so much decided that we have to intervene and do that for Jesus. He'll do it on his own. Just, just do what he's called us to do. Uh, verse 22, Then it was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. As I said a little bit earlier back in uh, verse 15, you know, where it says a multitude followed him, and he healed them all. So here's a circumstance where he does that. And all the people were amazed and said, now note what they said, is not this the son of David? Once again, the Pharisees see what's going on, and they're perplexed. Um, it says, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, Well, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. In other words, he is, they are attributing his work to Satan. Now, it's important to kind of remember that. It's important to understand the structure of the Trinity, too. And we'll get back to that a little bit later. And Jesus saw their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom... Divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every house divided against itself shall not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then, how, how shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. If I cast them out by devils, by the spirit, um, if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Um, or else how can one either enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and he'll, then he'll spoil his house. Let me kind of stop right there, and we'll, come, we'll catch up with this. There's a couple things I want to talk about. Number one, uh, division. He addresses the concept of division. Of course, he's talking about Satan being divided against himself, but uh, this applies maybe even more importantly to Christians. If a kingdom is divided against itself, it's brought to desolation. Well, if the cause of Christ is divided, then it brings us to desolation. It, it brings us disrespect. It, you know, people don't trust who we are. They, they look at Christians and they say, you guys, you're not even united. You don't even support one another. You have all these different beliefs. You fight amongst yourselves. Well, even though, you know, Jesus is describing um, what, you know, he's, he's defending what he's doing and he's refuting what they're accusing him of, what he's actually doing is pointing out exactly what Satan does. Satan divides. See, Satan can't defeat um, the cause of Christ. 
he can't defeat God's word. He can't get rid of it. He tries and tries and tries, and in some, circum some circumstances, in occasional battles, he'll win, but, but he can't win the war. And so his next best thing to do is to divide us and create confusion. So he, he, he does that with the word of God, you know, and that's, of course, the whole KJV versus the other um, translations. Is, it's a whole other argument here. But right now he's just talking about, um, you know, Satan d uh, divides Christians into different groups and categories and that sort of thing. And so it brings us to desolation. So exactly what he's defending himself from, he's defending by explaining what Satan does. Um, and so, you know, they're accusing him of doing what Satan actually does. Um, and so <clears throat> the second thing, of course, is that this is exactly what Satan does. And... Uh, Let's see, where is that? Uh, or else how can one enter? I, should, I read that, verse 30. He's not with me, is against me. He that gathereth not with me, scattereth abroad. So if, if you're not standing with Christ, um, then you're standing with Satan. Then he goes into this whole thing about blasphemy. And that's kind of the second thing I wanted to point out. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be given unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven Unto man, and whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be given, forgiven him. But whoso speaketh against the Holy Ghost, shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world nor in the world to come. So, you know, he, the Holy Spirit is involved in these events that Jesus is doing. And people are attributing those works to the devil. So when we talk about the unpardonable sin... You know, everybody wants to know, well, you know, what is that pardonable, unpardonable sin? Well, he, you know, describes it as blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. But what really is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's accusing him of doing the th things that, uh, of attributing his works to the works of Satan. Ultimately, what it really is, is the rejection of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, if we're going to take his works and attribute them to Satan then what we're doing is rejecting what he does. And the most important thing he does is reach into our heart and change our hearts and convict us of, of, of our sin. Well, if, you know, if we then attribute those works to Satan, then it confuses us and we reject him. And um, while all sin is forgivable, but he's saying this one isn't, well, the sin he's talking about is rejection of the Holy Spirit. And how do you reject him? Well, you, you refuse to admit that he's part of the Trinity. He's, he's you know, he's part of the, the Godhead. And so when you, re, when you uh, attribute what he does in our lives, um, whether it be physical healing, spiritual healing, uh, you know, anything that he does, what we're doing is rejecting him. Well, if you reject the Holy Spirit, you, you can't be saved. Well, if you can't be saved, you're going to hell. That, you, God doesn't forgive that. It's impossible to forgive that. So ultimately... Um, how can you reject the works of the Holy Spirit and be forgiven? Well, you can't. And so, you know, that's what he's trying to point out here. You can't, you can't take the things the Holy Spirit does in our lives and attribute them to Satan and expect God to forgive you, even though he has the power to forgive any sin. That's the one sin he can't forgive. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Well, you know, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts our hearts to do that. And if we refuse what he's trying to convict us to do, well, then that becomes the unpardonable sin.
Uh, I think we're kind of at the end of our time on this little session. I thank you for listening, and we will be back with the rest of the passage as soon as we can. Thank you. God bless.